Welcome to Intrepid Heroes. I'm your GM, Ron. And I'm Scott. I'm playing Raz, the Skittermander Envoy. I'm Mark. I'm playing Julakashti, a Vesk soldier. I'm Stephanie, and I'm playing a Solarian, Koholo. I'm Rob, and I'm playing Whiskey, a Yusoki mystic. And I'm John. I'm playing a tiefling operative named Murdochs. And now, on to the episode. Alrighty, and welcome back, everybody. It's, uh... It's been a little while in the real world, but uh, you probably all remember the excitement of where we are. The group of you had translated, or had an expert translate, a tablet that led you to a strange location, strange coordinates deep in the sun. Uh, it also described that this place called Ezerod is some sort of, of prison or oubliette for some entity known as the Eshtayiv. Um, the Eshtayiv works with uh, uh, works to burn away darkness into light, and so it is very dangerous to be within darkness in Eshtay in Ezerod because that Ooh. the Eshtayiv can get you. Um, so you flew through the coordinates. So you are intercepted by an Ifridi ship, uh, which you managed to to defeat get past to Ezerod. And then when you landed, you saw that you were not, in fact, the most recent visitors here in ages and ages and ages, even though the place looks like blackened stone that has stood for perhaps thousands or tens of thousands of years, because there was a body in some of the rubble at one end of the landing platform. Um, before you could examine it too much, a strange creature slipping between re the dimensions jumped you, ambushed you, um, to try to tear you apart, grab you, and take you away to dimensions unknown. You were able to, to fight the creature off. Uh, it vanished, but only vanished long enough to reappear inside your ship and start wreaking some havoc. Yeah. Uh, so you ran into your ship in order to put a final stop to the thing, which you have done. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have ended. Um, the, I think you had actually taken a look at some of the things that the strange person had. Um, the this this person, I'll remind you, is Verthani. They're somebody from the planet Verses. Um, which is the the planet of people. The planet itself is the one that's tidally locked. So there's a very hot side and a very cold side, and civilization mm. is on a band around the middle. Um, Verthanis tend to be uh, just really, I mean, they're just, as a people, they're just very uh, enthusiastic. They're very uh, 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 intelligent. They're big fans of cybernetics, super huge fans of cybernetics um, and progress and exploration. So, Verthani are not unusual to see, and this one was, in fact, a Verthani individual. Um, one of the things that you know this person had is sort of a cybernetic arm uh, sticking up over the shoulder holding a, uh, uh, a beacon, oh, that is to say, a, a high-tech lantern, uh, oh, which right. is why you were able to spot the person um, in, the, uh, in the rubble in what is otherwise an exceptionally dark place. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got the ability now to take perhaps a better and closer look when Koholo, you look and you can see that there was, you remember that near where the person was in the rubble, there was sort of an opening. And Koholo is the one who is standing outside the ship and can look and see some light flickering, almost like firelight moving from out of the opening into the big landing area. Uh-huh. And stepping out into the landing area, you see two gaunt creatures that are uh plainly uh immolated dead. They are yeah, I mean they might best be described as as immolated skeletons or immolated uh zombies, maybe. Um, but they've just got empty empty eye sockets in a skull and a, a gaping mouth uh burning with this internal fire flickering with this, uh, with this energy. Um, hmm. and the, the two of them step uh, out where they can see you Koholo 
and then they roar in anger, and then they reach for their D20s to roll initiative. Oh, oh dear. Curious. Wow. Yeah. What behavior? <laughs> well, I rolled a D20. Anyway, um, everybody roll some initiative. Roll me some initiative. I am going to need to know. You want me to show initiative? How to get in the initiative tracker. Uh, so it's on the, I don't know, because I don't have it up. I think it's on the bar on the left. There's that vertical bar on the uh -huh. left, I think. I think one of those is the initiative tracker. Aha, uh -huh, I see yeah. it. There it is. Okay. And you have to get that up before we roll, right? I do. Maybe not. So let me, well, I can, I can add you in. But if you click on yourself and then click initiative. Like that. Okay. Right. Yep. Well, I had done that, and then it went away. So we'll try it again. Everyone's going before me, except for Koholo. <laughs> and I'm in the way. Yeah, you're in the doorway, and you're last. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You are the glory hound and leave me in the whatever. Yeah, it's going to be unfortunate when the last person before you shuts the door. Or the first one. And then they take off. And yeah, there would anyway. be. Yeah. Goodbye, spaceship. You can grab a strut. Because <laughs> that works. Whoa. Movies. Hmm. Whoa. Hello? I just disappeared. Wait, what? Okay. I'm Who disappeared? Out. I did. I accidentally backed out of roll 20. Oh. <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> the little X button. No, some sort of strange back. Anyway, let me sort descending. Um, and Murdoch. We can go in opposite order if you want. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to uh, Murdoch's your first. Koholo cries out with surprise. Something about fiery undead creatures. Ooh, do they look like uh, some sort of reverent of some sort? <laughs> some sort of Pyrrhic revenant? Uh, yeah. Revenant, yes. Yes. All right. Um, okay, I so will... If we uh, defeat them, will it be a pure Go ahead. Uh, it is sort of pure... No, 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 that'd be with an H. That's Pyrrhus, the, uh, <laughs> the nation, not Pyrrhic as in the fire. Anyway. Oh, okay. All right, um, I will come out here and I will uh, attempt a trick attack on the this one here. Already? Um, with my... A zero pistol. And if I'm successful, I will add flat-footed to it. Okay. Uh, you do. It is. So you succeed. It is CR9 or lower. 25. All right. Pretty good. So 22, 32 points. All right. Well, of 32 wow, of damage. That is not so bad. Ooh. It does not seem, it does not seem as though the cold doesn't any additional damage. The fire is sort of unusual. It's it's burning very strongly within the creature, but it's as much the creature's essence that's on fire. You think as its physical form. So cold doesn't mm. seem to do it any additional damage. All right, but it does seem to do damage. It does do damage. It does the thirty. It does the full thirty-two. Excellent. Um, alrighty. So now I think I am going to go, um, speed of 30 feet, one, two, three, four, five, six, does not get me quite to you. Okay. One of them is going to move to here and it takes that, that fiery energy that it has within it. It sort of concentrates and the flames start to die down for a second. It pulls its palms of its hands together and the flames get brighter within its palms and then it throws the bolt of energy at you. Okay. So we'll see whether or not... 21. 21 versus your EAC. That will miss. My EAC is 25. Ooh, awesome. Very nice. Maybe I'll do better against Koholo. We'll soon find out. The other one... Uh, Moves this way, does the same thing. Um, and you can tell when it when it looks, Koholo, it looks at you and it can kind of see that there's other people up in the ship too. There's some there's some intelligence behind its eyes here. 
That doesn't make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Well. Is that supposed to make me feel better? No. It might make whiskey no. feel better, though. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is against your EAC. Point. Ah, ooh, boy. F- 15 against your EAC is probably no good. Probably. I just realized I do not have the hard copy of my character sheet that I meant to have. Already? It's somewhere around here. Um, oh, hey, in, in fact, it's right here in my hands in the other oh, room. Oh, well, there we go. All right, so give me a second to pull it up on here. You you certainly it, you have an EAC of 17, according oh, to this. Thanks. Wait, That's right. Six, You've got eight, it right there. Everybody's sixth level, yes? You tell me. Seven. Seventh. Seventh. Oh, no. I think that's an old sheet. That is an old sheet. sheet. Yeah, her, her, has new armor. her AC is higher than that. Yeah, you're way better than that. She's but got I heavy armor now. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have okay. your... Well, I'll pull sheet. it up here. So I should have it more accessible. But at any rate, 15 does not hit. It absolutely does not hit. And then we'll go to Raz. Raz. I uh, hear some commotion. Um, I would like to, um, investigate this commotion and see if I can do something about it. Raz is looking at his abilities and decides that he's going to come out because he can't see them. He has to see them. And I think I have to be within 30 feet. Is that my thing? One's come closer than the other, but. Yeah, it's more of a. Uh, no, they just have to be within 60 feet, but 20 feet apart. Hey, look at that. They are <laughs> 20 feet apart. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> they That's that for you, nice you, of them. you flammable looking little buddy. 20. <laughs> uh, so that means 20. That means I back off a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now I got to keep some people in, uh, within, uh, sneezing distance. Uh, and I'm going to shout at him. Uh, so I'm not, not going to use my, uh, I'm going to do a group intimidate so I can intimidate both of them for one round if I am successful. Okay, good. And all it takes is a success. That is a 23, which is very low, uh, against either their, uh, 10 plus their intimidate skill or 15 plus one and a half their CR. Alrighty, I will go with 15 plus one and a half times my CR. You succeed, but you do not beat it by five. Uh, yeah, it, with this one, it doesn't matter. It's just one round, but it does both of them are shaken. Ah, okay. So I've got both of them are shaken, and the one closest to you is flat-footed as well. Sure, I'm fine with that. Alrighty. Well, that's actually from Murdoch. <laughs> that's not you. But you can oh. think it's you. That's, that's fine. Uh, whiskey. Okay, so move, hide behind Koholo, <laughs> and um, I'd like to consult <laughs> the mystic okay. powers that be. That was that was my to, plan to start with, but see, run away, run away. <laughs> yeah, and find, oh, yeah, out, find out what they are. Know about these That'd be good. Yeah, a mysticism. Yeah, what the heck are these things? Yes. So let me try a roll a mysticism check and see if it tells me anything about how we can defeat these fellows. Aha! Ooh, mysticism awesome. of twenty-nine. So they are—they are most definitely undead. And the thing that strikes you the most about them is this fire that burns them and that they hurl is not normal fire. It is some sort of soul kindling fire that they throw it actually has it ignores fire resistance because it gets your your spirit burning as much as your body oh it's a ghost rider yeah and <laughs> if they burn if they burn you up with it then your body will be consumed with the fire and you'll become one of these creatures Ooh. Uh, no, thank you. Wow, that well, that's, they want to make more of them. So Let's... some something turned them into this, and they are seeking to turn others into this. Um, you have... Some let me people see. just want to watch the world burn. That's true. Hmm. 15 plus CR is the general difficulty for monsters. Is that correct? Yes. So you can ask me a couple of questions you'd like, other than what I've told you. Vulnerabilities. 
Um, they actually aren't susceptible to cold, but water actually affects them as though it were acid. You Ooh. can tr- attempt to quench the fire. Um, you can only quench them so much. It can only do damage down to a 20% of their full normal hit points, but water can put out their fires and do them damage. And here I left my squirt gun in the ship, darn it. And, <laughs> and um, mind-affecting effective? Or is the fact that they're... It undead? will be, yes. They do have, they do have minds... Although their uh, their minds are filled with whatever negative traits they had in life, like low cunning or the desire to seek out and torment prior adversaries. Okay, so I'm going to. Um, tr- you can try actually, to- and when you take a look, one of one of the figures is about seven feet tall. The other one's closer to about six feet tall. So they're both very tall. You can even see within the burnings when you're looking at them. One of them has what looks like cybernetics there in the fire. These both used to be Verthani. Oh, okay. interesting. But they're apparently equal opportunity monsters ready to recruit from any species. It's it's remarkably open. That's correct. Um, so speaking yes. of open minds, I think I will try to shake their conviction that they want to make more of themselves by using a mind thrust. All righty. Which one? The closer uh, one is much more badly one. hurt. Closer one, yep. Alrighty. So, yep. That looks uh, we'll like for me, yes. Points if yes, correct. How does a, how does a nine do? Ooh. Is that after the minus two because they're shaken? Yeah. Oh, sorry. CR, Seven. CR Seven. There you go. Well, I wasn't really that worried about that nine. I, think I wasn't either, but I like to feel useful. Well, clearly well, he's that, questioning his... Maybe he critically failed it. ...choices, yeah. Uh, it went away. Is that I mean, Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, <laughs> the whole thing just bursts once you overwhelm its mind. Um hmm. And pieces of uh, charred Verthani land on the ground. Oof. Um, oh, I might have shaken it a bit too much. okay. And I will shoot him with my... Thunderstrike Screamer. Alrighty. Ooh, that oh. sounds so fancy. It is fancy. It's a sonic weapon. Um, so, and, oh, and is he? Do I have any modifiers for that? Is he? You, you don't. This no. one is not flat-footed. It is shaken for the purposes of its own stuff. Okay. So, attack is twenty-three. Twenty-three absolutely hits. And 14 damage. Ouch. It's Sonic. Still, it does take all that damage. Okay. And I'll get um, a bonus to hit him next turn because I've done a ranged attack. Cool, cool. Does anybody want to do a reaction to move? Real quick. Nah, I'm good. No guarded steps? All right. Okay, Kahola, what's your plan? Um. Well, I want to do something... Cool, like pick him up and throw him, but that's probably not necessary or really that. What if you threw the ship at him? You're right next to it. That's true. I could just throw the ship. Pick up the ship and throw it out. You know the ship does fine with fire. You've taken it here through the sun to get here. Uh, That's a good point. It's true. I Um, think you take a minus four for wielding a ship, but I'm not. You know, other than that, (laughs) are are you attuning anything, Kaholo? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. I'll um, attune Graviton just for fun. All right. And I... Oh, whoops. I just... That's cute. Um, Sorry. I'm scrolling through the... I don't... Yeah. I think I'll just... I'll just shoot with my blaster. Oh, I do have a Sonic pistol. Did that seem to... It took full damage from Sonic. It did? Okay. Seems like, yeah. Do I need to move up? Actually, I probably just want to move up anyway. Yeah, you can get up. Your speed is your speed thirty. 
I think so. Then you can get right up next to Jewel. There you go. Now you got all the <laughs> frontliners in one line there. That's right. That's which one of us a is a quarterback and which one of us is a running back uh, <laughs> in, in the back uh, back here, in the backfield? You're, you're the squishy ones. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. All right. So I'm doing... This is where 12 of them come from behind. <laughs> Just sonic pistol, not full attack, right? Correct. Correct. Any modifiers? Nope. No. All right. I shouted at them instead of telling you to get him. Yeah. Oh, oh that's man. that's awful. Oh no, that is awful. Okay, so you you miss. Um, you must have forgotten to load the thing or something. Anyway, you <laughs> you really remedy a shame, that because that would have been decent damage too. I know, but it's Murdoch's turn now. Man, so I'll move over here. I'm gonna get out of the way. Break up the line a little bit. Yeah, I'll go ahead and fire again. And oh. Let me try that again. So if I'm successful, I'll make them flat-footed. Oh, 16 versus flat-footed? Versus flat-footed EAC? Correct. That hits? So it's 29 points of cold damage. Ooh. Hey, I will be right back. Sorry. A bunch of fire comes out. All right. Um, (laughs) He punctured him. He's got a leak. He's got a leak. Uh, I got 30, so I'm up to 43 damage. He's still uh he's still going. Um so here's what here's what I think I'm gonna do. I am gonna rush up to here. I think I'm gonna take a punch at Julakashti. Now I'm still shaken, so I've got a minus two penalty on this. That'll be the last mistake you ever make. Well we'll see. You're 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 probably not wrong. It looks like it's in pretty bad <laughs> shape. Um, oh, but how about a 25 versus KAC? That will probably hit, but I'm going to have to actually check. Give me a second here. And that's after the adjustment. That is. Yeah, that's after the minus two. Normally, I'm plus 12 to hit, and I'm only plus 10 with the, with the shaken penalty. Yeah, cool. That does hit. All righty. The uh, you are going to take fifteen points of bludgeoning and fire damage, and hmm. the fire damage bypasses any fire resistance you have. Um, but it's but if you got fire, if anybody happens to have fire immunity, let me know because you you only get they only do half damage if you're fire immune. But I, I don't think anybody is. Um, if we have it, or if we'd like to have it, if you have it. Okay, I wasn't um, sure if you're just offering it now. <laughs> as a... You know, if you'd like to have it. Alrighty. Um, and as it punches you and the fire uh-huh. sort of courses over your body, I need you to make a fortitude save to resist a uh, curse effect. Fortitude. It floods over you. Okay, well, at least that's my good one. How does a 23 strike you? You're fine. You can feel okay. the, the fire start to try to ignite your your very essence, but you uh-huh. sort of tough it out, and you won't let it, and so the fire goes out around you. Oh, Julikosti, it's trying to give you fire immunity. <laughs> Accept it. It's not trying to give you fire. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, Raz. Hey. You. Hey, I would like to move action, get him. Uh, so plus one to attack. And Julikashti, you feeling all right? Eh, I mean, it hurt a bit, but yeah, you're all right. I can I can get I'm you okay. next time. You'll get yeah. it next time. All right, I'm just gonna shout at him in person now. Uh, oh really? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, thirty-one. The other dice doesn't count because of reasons. Yeah. Okay, that is going <laughs> because of reasons. Um. It's you my beat, extra you, dice. You beat it by ten. Okay, so he is intimid- He is now uh, uh, shaken for the rest four of rounds. Existence. All right. Four rounds of shakenness. I- Let me see if I can shake this one enough too. Mm-hmm. All righty, whiskey. Yes, sir. Well, ever all the cool kids have their sonic pistols out, so I'll do the same. Um, move to here. Fire. And you probably it, want to roll a d20 instead of a d8, though. Uh, yeah, kind of. What the heck? He got the, he got the cheap knockoff sonic pistol. Yeah, so. really. yeah <laughs> totally. d8 to it. <laughs> All right. Well, 
let's see. So this is that's the damage. Did you roll the damage what? instead of the? Yeah, that looks like damage. I, yeah, I so plus three would be your your damage. Yeah, that makes. It, it's I think you have to roll an attack roll before you actually roll the damage. Mm -hmm. Most of us. Yeah, kind of. Um, well, okay, clearly I programmed the macro. <laughs> Assumptions were made. So if you need to, you can just use the All straight right, dice roller. So that's oh, a 13 it. plus. Sorry about this, guys. But... So that's a 13. You're going to add eight, your plus eight is, uh, dex 21. plus bab. Yeah, 21. Oh, you totally hit. Okay. Plus one for get them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So your assumption fine. is entirely correct. You were just fine to have rolled your eight points. And in fact, your eight points of damage is sufficient to cause the figure to fall to the ground. Like I shake him to begin. Just shows that you just have to Good do work. it. Watch this again. I, I look at you and go, how did he take the damage before you shot him? Yeah. That was weird. You're just messing yeah, with time and space. Back. You crazy, casty type people. Yeah. <laughs> Whiskey you got and your the kill stick. Whiskey got the kill shot on both of them. Uh, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, fear the whiskey. <laughs> Already. One of the figures. If you're uh, keeping track of uh, of loot or gear at home, um, and Rob, I think you are, uh, one of these two figures, the taller of the two, has some cybernetics, a data jack, a vocal modulator, and a hideaway limb. Wow. The other one has a data jack. So how, how difficult is it to pry those things out of them? It it It's... It's almost like it's take, taking the bones out of an overdone chicken, right? It's easy. Oh, okay. It just comes right out. Ew. <laughs> You're welcome. Like, <laughs> so wait, Thanksgiving dinner is just looting the turkey? Pretty much, yeah. That's right. The cyber wishbone. <laughs> You're going to make one of those now, right? Cyber okay. wishbone? Uh Alrighty. Well, uh, maybe we ought to uh, see what kind of damage got done to our ship. Yeah. We yeah. haven't had a chance That's, to look at that. We haven't really evaluated. Uh, you know, when you take a look around inside your ship, mm -hmm. it becomes pretty clear that the dimensional shambler that got into it Mm -hmm. was mostly just trying to rip at what it could. It it clearly didn't have any sense of electronics or how things operated in the ship. Even a rudimentary amount of sabotage could have done more damage than this creature did. Mostly it was about prying off metal panels and stuff like that. Well, uh, all of which can go back right. on fairly quickly. It doesn't take any more than a few minutes to undo the damage that it did while it was in here. Okay, that's good. Still, it offends my sensibilities. I feel so violated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably true. You should probably lock it now. <laughs> it was interdimensional. <laughs> That's true. Lock it from yeah, interdimensional. It's true. Okay. Interdimensional lock. Hey, I can't cool interdimensional lock. Actually. <laughs> yeah. I think we locked it in another dimension. <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess we should head north. Yeah, let's see what, what those guys were, uh, those two things were um, coming from. Maybe it's like, you know, they didn't finish a meal or something. Uh, sure. Um, the small antechamber that you get into, which is up here, it's about 20 feet square and made of the same blocky stone, scorched blocky stone as everything else. Um, mm -hmm. It looks like there is some jumbled, ju there's a jumbled pile of scorched equipment and then some crates. There's also a few piles of gear. There are two piles of gear that clearly were the, the, the armor and clothes, etc. that the undead must have stepped out of in their, their bony and uh, 
um, flaming form. Um, in that there's okay. there's a one pile of gear that looks like it belonged to a taller Verthani and one that looked like it belonged to a shorter Verthani. Um, hmm. All this stuff is still in fairly good condition, um, and there and there's quite a lot of it. Um, the Can... the taller individual did have an Estex suit too. That it tore apart. That its flaming skeleton tore apart to get out. Oh. It's it's repar- it's reparable, but you can't use it right now. Okay. Um, that's an Estex suit too, and it's also got several charms. It's it's sort of adorned with a lot of charms of numerous deities and planes. Interesting. Uh, that actually look like they're made of valuable materials, worth three hundred credits in total. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, um, nice. It has a gear clamp that is holding a beacon, holding another one of the light sources um, that is that is flickering off and on. It, it looks like the beacon is malfunctioning. Hmm. Okay. Try kicking it. Hey, remind me what the beacon is You mean like a signaling beacon? Or, yeah. or do we not so, know? Oh, sorry, you, you need light. You were warned that you need light here to be even for a moment, even for an instant in darkness. It will let Esht, the Eshtayiv touch, touch you. And that's bad. Yeah. So... And it may be that if this, in fact, was their light source and it flickered like this, it could have been very bad for them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quick question, uh, Ron. Sure. What was the what was that suit of armor again? Estex, uh, was it two or three? Two. two. Estex two. Two, okay. Uh, EA4, KAC5. Uh, <laughs> Did you just three? meh it? You just meh the treasure. He did. Three uh, three upgrade slots, though, to it. So that's kind of nice. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Alrighty. It's a little tailoring also... for you, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a pair of goggles sort of attached to a, uh, um, a belt. Um, these are a set of aura goggles. They're actually in the Alien Archive. Hmm. Oh, I don't have that one. Um, it's an eighth level item. That while you wear them, you gain a plus four circumstance bonus to saving throws against sense dependent effects that target vision, like gaze attacks. And once hmm. per day, you can cast Arcane Sight as a spell like ability. That's probably the most valuable thing that he's got on, is this these wow. fancy goggles. Um, he also has a bandolier holding a red star plasma pistol. Um, a sheathed tactical knife. And then a, it, the belt has a little holder for three different 20 charge batteries in it to kind of swap it out easily. Wow. Um a satchel affixed to a uh, bandolier contains an advanced med kit, a flashlight, Ooh. a hygiene kit, um, a motion detector. Uh, that sounds like it could be useful. Six yeah. ready-to-eat meals. Eh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> a box of 300 UPBs. They're the things that are like basically little grains of rice that you can reconfigure mm. into stuff. Uh, those are worth one credit a piece. So, um, but the fact that it's not money, they're UPBs, means that it's it, this. It looks like this person is very well equipped to operate in the field. Um, there's also a strange device called a subdermal extractor for extracting your subdermal. Sounds, it is. It's from the armory. It's from the armory. Page one hundred eight. Um, and its its purpose is to basically it's like it looks like a clawed wand. Um, it what it does is you you put the clawed end up to your skin. There's a delicate sensor that evaluates your genetic materials and scans for foreign objects like alien eggs or tracking chips or anything like that. And you can make a computers or medicine check to have it pierce your skin and pull the thing you don't want in your body out. Huh. Wow. Um, 
I remember I have a time a feeling I that around. we're going to need to hang on to that. Yeah. Yes, we should definitely keep that. <laughs> Seems like one of those things that just, you know, just happens to be mm-hmm. here at an early stage of the plot. Well, no, well or either that or it's something that the guy who wrote the adventure wrote for the armory and wanted to throw in as much stuff that he made <laughs> into the adventure as treasure as possible. That's uh, somewhat. That that's too far Who would do that? I don't. Know. I don't think he would do that. <laughs> she would do that. Too late. Maybe you already got stuff I've made already. Um, Maybe that guy was uh, implanted with eggs on Castorval one time. That old yeah. man. Maybe, maybe that person's character was. <laughs> and wanted some way to just get him out. Um, okay, I mentioned the most valuable thing he's got is probably the aura goggles. Perhaps the most interesting, though, is he also has a data pad uh, that looks like his personal personal record. Mm. Oh, that sounds... That's probably worth looking at. Yeah. Yep, except so. that it is... Here, it is make that thing go. And has some security on it. Really? Wait, somebody will look at computers, so like hey. Murdoch's might be Oh, able to... hey, Murdoch. how are you with computers? Oh, wait, can we use the subdermal extractor to get it out? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, Murdoch's check uh, literally doubles the computer's check DC to get into it. So, yeah, absolutely nice. gets the password. This is easy. I thought I was better at computers than it says I am. Huh. Oh well. Uh, many people think so. Um, I know I'm not good with did that. Did I used to have more computers? I thought that I, I did don't think that. so. Engineering. I think you're more engineering, yeah. Well, no. According to my character sheet in the the um, roll twenty here, I have one rank in computers and one rank in engineering, and that's hmm. it. Hmm. I don't know that that's updated. Um, oh, okay. I think you're you're whatever. Some of the she, other ones look right. So, yeah. hmm. I can find cat videos, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody sends me the link. If someone sends me the link, I can look at cat videos. I can find it only because he sends me the link. Yeah. Alrighty, this data pad belongs to sort of a scholar for hire, uh, whose huh. name whose name is Evik. Evic Ventrek. Um, and this mercenary is actually, scholar. Yeah, mercenary scholar. This is his log of starting when he was hired a few months ago. Uh, it talks very unfavorably of the person who got an expedition together by the name of uh, Verthani by the name of Laud, L-O-D, Laud Coster. And Laud's insistence that an extra planar expedition, which Evic thought could actually start anywhere if you're going to a different plane, but Laud insisted that we they had to start at a cursed portal or a, a portal on the cursed planet of Octurn, way out on the edge of the solar system. Ah. Um, but Laud Coster did the uh, the ritual. They stepped through the portal, thinking that they were on some other plane. But Evic and then somebody else named Thema, who was part of the expedition, another mercenary scholar, uh, helped Laud take planar measurements. And they quickly realized that they were still on the material plane and were, in fact, somewhere deep in the sun. Oh, boy. Before they could figure out, you know, how they'd kind of gone wrong to end up here, these three terrible monsters attacked. And he describes how they're like gangly humanoid creatures that can slip through dimensions in order to attack. Um, and there were there were three of them. Uh, he says that a monster grabbed somebody named Asan, A-S-A-N, one of Coster's mercenaries, and then just disappeared uh-huh. with him. Uh, uh, the other Verthani fled for safety as the mercenaries started firing on the remaining two. Evik's pretty convinced they killed one and drove the other one off. But one of the mercenaries, uh, somebody named Kazi, C-A-Z-I, died in the fight. Um, and then Avic waxes cynical about his use of the word safety when he said they fled for safety. He's pretty certain that the that these attackers were attracted to the magic that the team used to arrive in Ezerod. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some... 
he he has some sort of mention about the halls of Ezerod being filled with fiery ghosts and flaming corpses. A pack of them uh, killed somebody named Halpeta near what something called a three key door, uh, and burned her up with fire that they couldn't extinguish. Uh, Evic later fled in horror when the group encountered some bizarre alien light in a secret passage, a light that disintegrated Thema's flesh, some sort of light that wasn't fire. Uh, he was then cut off from the group when the chamber he retreated to, um, turned from an odd scene with undead screeching in a wall within a wall of fire to one overflowing with burning undead creatures. He fled back towards the portal plaza, and on the way, his beacon malfunctioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, when his beacon malfunctions, this is his entry. He says, My light failed. For only a few seconds, I was in utter darkness. But in those moments, something immense and horrible touched me soul deep. I can feel an emptiness spreading, consuming me. Curse Coster for bringing us here. Everyone else has to be dead. I've got to get out of here, but I'm so tired. So very tired. A short rest then. And that's the last entry. Hmm. Oof. All right. Well, we need to take all these batteries and make sure we keep our miniature sun powered up. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what we've, got, we've got an extra yes. flashlight now, too. <laughs> and a lantern, didn't we? Right. Well, his lantern yeah, is, is flickers on and off every 1d4 rounds. No. It is probably not no. the super safest thing to be using. No, 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 um, no. no I meant the one we found before. Well, let me show you. We can see through the next opening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next opening uh, leads to a big room. Okay. Oh, the, the one that was on Kazi, the mercenary that was killed out on the in the rubble out by the landing pad. Right, it had an arm with a beacon on it. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you said the one of them had a flashlight on the body as well. Yep, that's the that's one you found here in this antechamber. Oh, that, okay. okay. So the flashlight's same as the lantern. Uh, as far as giving light goes, yes. So, so Lod was the one who was was out in around here. Lod's no Lod. That was Kazi, C A Z I. Oh, that's a woman. Lod's okay. the one in charge. And other than the, this guy having nothing good to say about him, he doesn't actually say whatever <laughs> happened to Lod. Okay. okay. So, and but there was at least one mercenary still alive, right? At one point, or no? You you think so? You think so? He's actually not super clear about how many people in total were around with a part of the okay. expedition. So he like and, mentioned oh, what happened to a bunch good. of people, but he never said how many they started with in the first place. That's right. Okay. And it, and this wasn't their destination sort of clearly. So Maybe whatever kind of expedition somebody might be able to interpret. We, Heck yeah. No, you don't know. It sounds like this Lod Coster person is the one to know, but it seems from this guy's notes that everybody expected to be going to some other plane and were surprised to find themselves in this this scorched stone building somewhere deep in the sun. Mm-hmm. That seemed to surprise everybody. <laughs> as, as, as people are, in fact, want to be surprised. Alrighty. I think disappoint would be a better term. <laughs> I, I can understand the anger. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they need to talk. A flaming monster that's gotten destroyed by complete strangers. Yeah. They need to talk to the tour uh, group that they booked this with. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All righty. Now, let me, if I can, this, this big room you've come into mm-hmm. has a big... Um, Oh, and I can't do anything with like it. Like a okay. giant staircase, right? No, you can't see the staircase. It's inside of a room of some sort. Oh, okay. Sorry. And that's a door? Yeah. It's yeah. probably dark, darkened out. That's a door there? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a door. Let me see. What I want to do. Not a door. It's not, not adorable. Door. Wait, what's up there? Not a door. Oh, those are the runes? 
Well, that's been ruined, and that's been ruined, and that's been ruined. <laughs> <laughs> it's all ruined. What a maroon. What a maroon. All right. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, let me see if I can do this. I'm gonna go over here and look at that one. Right. Yeah, because you're you're a Mr. Magical Rune person. Right. I'll get another one then. Oh. Ju judging by that logic, I'll get another one. All right. Okay, you do that. Alrighty. So this thing in the middle here, this the thing in the middle is a stone cube, perhaps twenty feet on each side, stands in the middle of this room, nearly but not quite touching the ceiling. Huh. The southwestern corner of the cube has been cut diagonally, allowing space for a door that looks to be made of the same stone as the rest of the walls in this place. It bears three indentations, each about three inches across. One in the shape of a long flame, one in the shape of a shining sun, and the last in the shape of an explosion. The door has a blackened metal push plate instead of a handle, and all around its frames, it's carved with jagged runes. Mm. Four heaps of ash are piled around the front of the door, all of them badly burned uh, humanoids. You can tell by the badly burned skulls in the middle of each pile. Uh, among them is a stack of gear and burned modern armor resembling robes, along with uh, what a uh, lump of metal that when you take a closer look, looks like some sort of inactive and charred drone. Uh, oh boy! Don't get the puzzle wrong. Yeah, you know I'm I'm, I'm actually going to step back from the door. <laughs> Four halls lead away from this room, one in each direction, um, and there are symbols in each of the halls. Um, and it's uh, it is a perhaps no surprise to you that one of the symbols, the one that um, uh, Raz is near, looks like a long flame. The one that Julakashti is near looks like an explosion, and the one on the other side uh, looks like a sunburst. <laughs> That's so fitting. Yeah, Julakashti drawn to the explosion. Yes, <laughs> that that that's very fitting. It's clearly the best one. That's on point. That's that's that checks out. That's all right. On point. Uh. Okay. Well, I. According to this, I have four ranks of mysticism. I'm not sure that that's right, but I'm interested in looking at the what's on the door. Uh, sure. They're jagged runes. Um, let's see. You can attempt a mysticism or actually or physical science check. Uh, mysticism, please. Let's see if I can. Um, I can't. Oh, maybe this one. There we go. Um, yes, those are mystic symbols of some kind. All right. <laughs> there you go. Hmm, if only we had a mystic with us. I yeah, would like to mysticism yeah, my little markings up here if I could. Sure. I'm going to do that too. All right. That's a number. Your number is better than my number. It's the um, highest one so far. Yeah. It is. Okay, so... It's really quite respectable. Both of you notice that not only do you have the symbol on the ground in front of you, but on each side of the symbol and then up the walls and across the ceiling are more runes. You can kind of see it best with the with the one that Raz is next to. You can see the flickering yeah. thing, but there's also stuff on each side. That goes all the way around. Uh, those are definitely magical. They're going to have some sort of effect when you pass by them. Um, but Raz, your your inclination is that it's not any sort of dangerous trap. It is some sort of magical effect, but it's not a dangerous one. Mm. Clearly, the danger is in front of the door, not over here. <laughs> so that, that, that is logic. logic. <laughs> yep. That is That's logic. And suddenly, I'm joined by Kaholov. Oh. Oh, and suddenly Whiskey figures it oh, all whiskey. out. By whiskey. Well, okay. like she's looking at the door right now. So. Oh. oh, Whiskey, when you're looking. Uh, whiskey. Oh, at the there door it itself? At the door or at the runes around the door? 
Either, well, either way, taking rules. a look at those yeah. and succeeding at the DC 22 check, um, you can identify oh. not only that there is definitely some sort of abjuration aura on the door. Okay. Yeah, this is all some sort of magical seal. Um, there are uh, star metals in there. Uh, Horakalcum and Zedjet are two star metals that have to do with amplifying magic. Uh, this is this is plainly some sort of magically locked door that is connected with the three symbols, the three indentation symbols, mm. which almost certainly mm. act as keys. Hmm. Okay. Maybe that's a portal to Acturn. Hmm. Huh. Well, in that case, I don't want to die. I don't want to go. So we're looking good. looking at the at the charred remains on the floor. Rasus goes. Don't you mean yeah. Octburn? <laughs> Again, there is a uh, um, uh, taking a look at the the charred remains on the floor. In fact, there's more stuff here. Almost as though every pile of dead uh, explorer was just filled with gear. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do for an expedition, right? Yeah, right. right. They were dead explorers. They, they were well up I mentioned that one person uh, in Evic's notes said something about a um, uh, somebody named Halpeta. And when you got a uh, take a look at the ruins here, I mentioned there was there's actually like a suit of station business station wear armor. Mm. It is adorned like robes, um, and it's got attached to it a holographic sashimono, which is. Basically, it projects an illusion behind your head, like a banner behind your head. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Uh, that is a uh, that is a symbol. I think all of you have seen before. The common gods are well known enough to all of you. This is the symbol of Eloratu. Okay. Um, I don't know who that is. Well, then I'll tell you. You um, do that. I don't either. Eloratu, the hidden truth is the neutral god of history, magic, and secrets. Ah. That's why we didn't know about him. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of mysterious, but explorers trying to encounter the unknown or scholars who are interested in following the unknown often are um, adherents of Eloratu. Okay. And the fact that this person has literally an illusory banner of the deity symbol floating above their uh, robe-like armor Leads you to think this almost certainly is uh, is a follower of a lore too. Um, there's also a if, car- not, if not a cleric, yeah, yeah perhaps a mystic. Or a mystic of some kind. Uh, there's also a carbon staff, which is a carbon staff is a one of a kind of weapon, and a frostbite class zero pistol. Hmm. Huh. Um, what, what does that do? Uh, I don't know how good a frostbite class zero pistol is. I mean, it shoots people with a pistol. I will take a quick look. Yes. It's cold damage. Oh. Let's have a look. Uh, But what does the class thing mean? I'm not familiar with that either. So, basically, there are lots of kinds of zero pistols, and they are frostbite class, snowstorm class, avalanche class. That just, they're, yeah. The names Uh, are better types. Okay. Frostbite, Frostbite is the most basic kind. It's a level five uh, pistol. Does a D6 cold. Um, 60 foot range. So, not bad. Um, especially when you consider that cryo cold damage is probably going to be very effective against a lot of the Bernie type things that we encounter here in the sun. That is an excellent, excellent point. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Um, this this remains here also include a scorched but functional uh, industrial backpack with more meals, six more ready to eats, five more batteries, and a data pad. Which, when you look at it, is obviously the control data pad for the drone that's all busted up and scorched. Mm-hmm. It's not locked or anything, and when you sort of replay it, um, the uh, uh, it's it's actually shows you the woman as she must have been um, with the drone. It's a like a little floating camera drone. Mm-hmm. It's her saying it's on, Laud, 
And then you see a muscular Verthani man in an armored harness nearby on the screen saying, good, good, good. Uh, you can tell that it's in the landing area that you have. And then suddenly it's all chaos and shooting and fighting retreat people and all the, uh, so the, the same stuff that you read about in the previous data pad is like mm-hmm. visual chaos here. Okay. Um, how, how busted up is the drone? Uh, you could probably, <laughs> yeah, it would take you some time to fix it, but you'd be able to fix mm-hmm. it given some time. Okay. Uh, this actually is functionally very similar to the drone that um, Nib gave you when you're going into the sun. Okay. She's like, "Hey, here's a. This could be useful." And so the log yeah, does not appear in. The... Yeah, he looks like he's the muscular Verthani man. Oh, he is in the video. So he came to the landing area. Uh, no, he does not. You oh. haven't seen any sign of Laud. Oh, okay. So it just cut from him to the landing area. I just made it. He was in the landing area. It's almost like she's basically making sure the drone is on. It's so showing her. She's looking at her data pad. She's like, "Okay, it's it's on. We we're good to go, Laud." And then it shows Laud, and then Laud's like, "All right, well, he says he says good." But then suddenly all hell breaks loose. You can actually see three of the dimensional shamblers that come in and attack. Come in and attack. There's three of the mercenaries just start shooting. Uh, there's a, a hurried fallback retreat, and uh, eventually the the drone gets knocked down to the floor. Um, and from there, you can see one of the same fiery undead creatures that you've seen strike the woman Halpetta who just combusts with fire. Uh, the oh. feed the feed then fills with flame and it goes dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. Yep. So, yeah, they So you 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 can't help but think now you've kind of got about as far as they all did. Uh-huh. Uh, although you certainly haven't found everybody. Okay. Um Murdoch's took a look to see whether or not there's any sort of particular trap or danger around the markings on the floor. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh, but you don't, you don't see anything. It certainly is some sort of magical effect. You can tell that, but it doesn't seem like any sort of trap. It's not going to be harmful. If anything, mm-hmm. if you bypass it, it's going to infuse you with some measure of some small measure of uh, solar energy or fiery energy. Huh. Okay. So you've got a couple of different options. You can either go the way that is the long trailing flame where Raz and Murdoch's are, the explosion down where Julakashti is, mm-hmm. or maybe even the other one. What we'll do is we'll make that decision next time when we pick up. You've been listening to Intrepid Heroes on the No Direction Network. New episodes are published every other Friday. Please subscribe for notification of new episodes.